everybody. Welcome to the Mainland Podcast. This is episode number 109, and uh, I am Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com. We cover all things Orlando City, Orlando Pride, Orlando City B, as long as there is one. And uh, joining me is uh, the Mainland writer, David Rowe. Dave, how you doing this week? Uh, you know, glad that uh, the uh, I'm both sad and happy that the season is done. Uh, sad because, of course, I love watching um, soccer and happy in that I don't have to watch the Lions lose anymore. So um, that's, you know, little little yang yang thing going on. <laughs> yes, that was my thing on uh, on Sunday was uh, 45, 60 minutes. And then the lions can't hurt us anymore this season, 45 <laughs> minutes and the lions can't hurt us anymore. this season. <laughs> it was uh, a very painful end to the season. Jason Christ came out on Sunday with a very interesting, uh, player selection. And a lot of people were waiting, Dave, to see some of these backups, get a start, get more time. We saw PC on the back line, another look for Leo Pereira, we had mm-hmm. uh, Richie Larea getting his first MLS start. Um, we had Carlos Rivas get a start because Kyle Laren had a hip flexor slash I want to go to Europe going on. And <laughs> Earl Edwards Jr. <laughs> Earl Edwards Jr. as Bendick picked up a concussion um, or and I don't want to play in Philly. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Kaká decided not to play in Philly. Um, yeah, so it was a, a very strange lineup for uh, the final game, but it was interesting because you were like, the possibilities are endless, but my line in our chat room was, <laughs> we're going to lose 5 nothing," And boy, were we close to that. And uh, <laughs> You were close to that in the first half. Uh, yeah, it was bad. It was already, what, 4-0 at the half? It was 4-0 at the half. And it was really stupid because... Philadelphia got out to a flying 2-0 start right off the bat, and it was it was ugly, and, and it was the kind of thing that, you you know, they jumped out because they were ready to go, and our guys were not ready to go. Orlando City uh, was uh, it took them a while to get going, but I thought they did a pretty good job of getting back in the game and getting some possession and getting some scoring chances, and I'm sure Philadelphia was laying back a little more after getting the two quick goals. But at that point in the game, they hadn't completely called off the dogs or anything. They certainly weren't parking the bus. So um, it was a a good opportunity to get back in the game, Dave. But uh, no, they could not find a way to beat uh, Andre Blake. Really good chance for uh, Dom Dwyer very early on a header Mm -hmm. uh, that I don't still – I just – he could have literally – put it six inches on either side and probably scored at least, uh, you know, Blake might've got a, a piece, but it probably still would have went in, but it was just one of those could, games. Really? He, he could have put it six inches to the left or six feet to the right. And it would have gone in. It just, yeah, it, yeah I, you're right. It was one of those games. And, um, you're right though. They did, uh, settle down after going down two nil, um, and did get, some possession and start making some passes. And you're also right. Blake was excellent that yeah. evening. Uh, he stopped all but one. And, you know, there there, there wasn't much that uh, seemingly that Orlando could do about it. Um, you mentioned that, of course, we had a lot of, you know, guys, some guys making their first start. We had guys coming back out. Mm-hmm. We had, we not yeah, we had a new format. I mean, they went out in a 4-4-3. Um, so 4-3-3. Four, four, three, three. 
four four three. I, I, I wish yeah. they would have been in a four four, four three, three yeah. because that, yeah, that would have been, been extra man. Yeah, that would have yeah. been nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. everybody will have to ex- have to excuse me, and I, I just got off the road, so I might be a little loopy. Well, we would have um, had an ineligible player, and we would have had to pay approximately seventy five thousand dollars in allocation money for that. Well, only because we're Orlando City. <laughs> if we were another team, then we wouldn't have had to. Yeah. Well, uh, so. You know, from that point on, it was just a matter of Philly hitting on the counter. And it was, you know, when you're trying to get back in the game and you're pressing and you got guys up high, they sometimes get caught. And when they get caught and you've got a speedy uh, forward taking the ball around Seb Hines, who we all know doesn't have the pace uh, that, I mean, most, most center backs are going to lose a foot race from the center line back to their own box. Uh, but Seb is uh, Seb's a step slower than a lot of center backs, so it, it makes it even worse. But it was just not uh, not good at all. And um, you know, before you knew it, the game was just completely out of hand. And at the half, uh, Jason Christ tried some some changes. He you know he, he put in uh, Tommy Redding in, in place of Seb. Although quite honestly, Leo Pereira was really really bad uh, yeah. at the beginning of that game. A lot of ball watching, a lot of not really marking anyone as crosses came into the box. Um, and then, uh, you know, he, you know, PC was basically, all right, let's just call it what it is. He was useless. PC was useless in that game. That was uh, the worst I've seen him in an MLS game. We have seen him pretty bad in some USL games this year in which, you know, I don't know if it's just the attitude of, I don't want to be in the USL or if it was just playing with unfamiliar players. And again, that could have been, the situation, but when you put two new players on the same side of the defense um, on the road against a, a team that okay, Philly has a crap record just like us, um, but they have a good home record and a better home yep. record than Orlando, in fact. And mm-hmm. um, they they were they've got some players and they wanted to play hard for Brian Carroll. It was his last uh, game before retiring. You know he's he's uh, been a, a very faithful servant in for several major league soccer franchises, including the union for the last few years. And, you know, it was, uh, it was just ugly early and, and it just never got better. And, um, you know, we, <laughs> we just watched a complete meltdown. Dom pulled one back. So that was nice to see. It was good to see that the, it wasn't a shutout. Uh, we have been shut out at Philadelphia on the final day of the regular <laughs> season before, but that was not going to happen because uh, Dom, Effin Dwyer scores when he wants. We just wish he wanted to all the time. <laughs> you know, like... he, didn't, he didn't want to score enough that night. Yeah, yeah. He, he wanted to score. It was he wanted to him. score yeah. one goal. Yeah, he wanted to score one. So uh, he got a goal off a Yoshimar Yotun uh, set piece. And Yoshi was a little uh, off in terms of what we normally see in, in his passing quality. But again, which playing... makes him the second best player on the field yeah. that night for Orlando City. Yeah. One, an off night for him. Yeah, he, he played uh, with, again, some unfamiliar uh, teammates. Uh, Dylan Powers, I didn't mention him. He got the start. Um, so, you know, you had some new guys. And Anyway, at the end of the day, it was a 6-1 drubbing, the worst loss in franchise history. And it really kind of um, it took me by surprise that there was so much... Um, hatred and anger spewed forth uh, like I kind of looked at the team sheet and went okay you got to get a look at these guys but this is not going to be a pretty finale this is not going to be a pretty final score and I I saw a lot of heat uh, on Twitter and in our comments and to me it was surprising because I don't know what folks were expecting I mean the season's lost anyway 
they were going to to uh, on the road with a, a bunch of people that don't play much, and uh, you know a keeper that hasn't played at all in MLS games, and you know it just didn't ever seem like it was going to be a game that Orlando City was going to take any points from. It would have been pretty uh, a pretty big upset if they even came home with one. So all of this uh, venom that I saw was, you know, I, I'm sure pent up from the entire season uh, sure. and just came to a head. But it was like, it, there's nothing, it didn't change anything. That 6-1 loss changed nothing, Dave. Uh, Jason Christ is still going to be the coach of this team uh, heading into 2018 unless, uh, you know, the club drastically backtracks on what they've said in the past. And, of course, uh, if they do that, then we're starting over from square one, so nobody should uh, expect anything out of 2018. And if you hate Jason Christ and you say, well, if he's the coach, I don't expect anything out of 2018, fine. Then if he if he doesn't produce and he gets fired, then, hey, you were right and you got nothing out of 2018. But if uh, he comes through and make a few moves and, and get the right bodies in there and, and maybe sustain that hot start that the team had in 2017, then, uh, you know, things could change and turn around. But, I, you know, people like to point to Atlanta and New York City and say, look how quickly it can be done. But, I mean, you're talking about money. You're talking yep. about advantages that, that, you know, these two clubs have certainly got advantages that other clubs haven't gotten. You want to know what the sad reality of MLS is as an expansion team? Look at Minnesota. That's the norm. That's the average. That's what typically happens. Right. Toronto is the best team in the league. And Dave, I don't know how many years it took them to reach the playoffs, but it took what? 7 something took a like while. that. It, it, you know, I mean and they had to have they had to have Giovinco and and, and Altador up front to do it. So, yeah, they brought in Bradley and Altador. I mean, it, it, teams could, can they can make quick strides, but you have to bring in the right people. Uh, at the right time and sometimes with the right you, coach and in the right system. Yeah, sometimes you can bring in the right player at the wrong time, or you can, you know, bring in the right player, but the wrong system or, you know, there's all kinds of things. Uh, Minnesota didn't bring on, bring in Demidov thinking he was going to be the worst center back that anyone in MLS had ever seen. <laughs> I mean, he was not a cheap player. I mean, they, they, they thought fairly highly of him and he was just a, a mess, but things didn't work out. Um, so anyway, Dave, uh, I think we put a bow on this. Uh... Well, I do want to say one more thing. You were you were you were wrong. It, the game <laughs> did. No, wait. The game did change one thing. Uh, drafts pole, uh, draft selection. Draft selection, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, we get a better draft pick when we go up to Philadelphia that, for the MLS Super Draft in 2018. So finding the silver lining. So, uh, so we got that going for us, which is nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, put a bow on this big dumpster fire of a season uh, for 2017 and uh, pick your man of the match for the 6-1 loss at Philadelphia. <laughs> well, there's really only one choice. It's got to be uh, Dom F. and Dwyer for scoring a goal and f for being Dom. I mean, even in the losing effort, Dom's always going to try. So uh, he had, um, you know, he, he should have had two. He got one, and, uh, you know, I thought, he had the usual hustle that he has. So, um, it, yeah, it's got to be Dom. Yeah, I thought he played hard for the most part. I thought he certainly had some uh, some opportunities to score. He did score the, the one goal. Um, it really came down to him and Yotun for me. And uh, so I'll give it to Dom because he gave us the one moment uh, to be happy about in an otherwise just miserable 90 minutes of soccer, of soccer-like substance anyway. Exactly. All right, so that's it. We don't have to talk about these guys anymore. 
Well, aren't we going to have to talk about the friendly in a month? <laughs> yeah, but that's the next show. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. yeah right. Now we will talk more about this team because we were gonna we're gonna do our annual stays goes in just oh. a little bit. Uh, we'll do that in just a little bit. First, Dave, I want to talk about a little bit about the Orlando Pride, who had a they are the pride of Orlando soccer, by the way. They uh, they were a playoff team, the third seed, uh, had a very nice run this year. And gave us lots of great moments uh, to cheer for. And uh, the Orlando Pride are sending four players, should have been five, but four players over to the W League in Australia to play in the offseason on loan. Uh, Alana Kennedy and Steph Catley, of course, Australian internationals, both of them. And uh, they're both playing for Melbourne City. Uh, both of them, Dave, have had their uh, have had new contract offers from the club. And uh, so we're crossing our fingers and our toes and uh, uh, hoping that uh, those two Australians will sign that deal and uh, be back in a Pride uniform next year. And uh, also uh, Tony Presley going over there to play for Canberra, uh, who I believe were, were the Shield winners last year. They don't call it the Shield there, uh, but the, they were the Shield winners last year. <laughs> the uh, equivalent of the Shield yeah. winners. Na- I think they call it the National, I want to say. Okay. Uh, so, I don't know. They're, they're, they're odd down under, but they got great food and, and music and beer. So. Yeah, I got good beer. <laughs> and uh, rookie Rachel Hill is going to the Perth Glory, and uh, she would have been a teammate of Camilla, as I understand it. But Camilla, of course, injured in the regular season finale at North Carolina Courage. So all of those players, good luck to them all. May you all come back uh, fit and in form and healthy. Yep. And uh, we will uh, we'll be watching you with great interest from uh, all the way over here in the United States. Uh, we will... We will not stay up really late and watch your games, but we will we will check the internet for this score. <laughs> or if you know you got a little insomnia one night, you know, pull up, uh, find Aussie TV on your your computer and see if you can't find the match. Yeah. Sure, it's got to be there somewhere. Yeah, and uh, also big news: the the Brazilians they won their Four Nations tournament down, down in uh, where is it China, and uh, they they uh, Marta scored four goals in that tournament. Well, not really a surprise. Marta's good. Marta's good. She's good at sports. <laughs> she's good at soccer. Yeah, she's good at soccer. I bet she'd be good at just about anything. I she's, Yeah, I'll go along with that. Very, she's... very determined individual, and it's just been a freaking incredible to watch her play this past year, and I'm, I'm hoping that she uh, rides it out and plays uh, in Orlando for the rest of her career because she's been just amazing. Um, oh, anyway. it's, been, it's been fantastic watching her. The only thing that she can't do is she can't hit a drone with a soccer ball the way that Alex Martin can. Other than that, <laughs> she's fantastic. Wow, you're talking about the, yeah. Well, that yeah. little video. If you go, go back and it was cool. in one of the Lion Links, go find it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was that was fun to see. That was different. That was something that you don't see every day. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, as we talked about, Dave, uh, it is uh, the end of the season. We will be, uh, as a programming note, we will be going to monthly uh my, uh, mainland podcast. I almost said Lion Links there. I don't know why I did that, but uh, the mainland podcast will be going to our off-season monthly schedule. Uh, we will have maybe some brief um, versions of the podcast come out if something warrants uh, an extra, you know, an extra show. We'll 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 reconvene and we'll discuss whatever the big news is. But um, for now, we uh, we are planning to go monthly. Uh, it may be. It, 
I think the plan is now is to do it early in the month, uh, each month, but that could change because what we want to do is we want to get some really good guests and it may be dependent on when we can get them. People like, uh, you know, we had Jason Christ in the off season last year and that kind of thing. So uh, some of the people that we would like to talk to do quite a bit of traveling this time of year. So we'll, we'll just have to fit it in as best we can. But yes, we will have one per month uh, until the season resumes. So, ah. Uh, We'll kind of we'll have our main like uh, podcast mailbag coming up in just a bit, but Dave, it's time to play Stays or Goes. This is uh, Wait, do we have theme we, theme music for that? No, we have no theme music. Dang it! I edit this thing, so I don't want to have to do extra stuff. Okay. Extra stuff sucks, uh, right. <laughs> especially now. We're recording a little later than we normally do, uh, both in the week and in the evening. So, um. What we do, if you're new to the Mainland Podcast, this is how we do this thing. We Basically, we just run through the entire MLS roster for Orlando City. These are not all guys that played in Orlando City. Some played with OCB. There's guys out on loan, that kind of thing. Uh, but we will go through each and every one of them, and we will both take our turns predicting uh, whether or not they are going to stay or whether or, not, or, you know, or they're going to go. That's it's basically pretty easy. It stays or goes. It's not rocket <laughs> science. Why am I explaining this, Dave? Um, well, it's really mainly for us, oh. not the listeners. Yeah. It's so that I know what's going on. Okay, really. so they know, and it's just good to remind ourselves every once in a while. Correct. But yeah, we have no preview for the uh, Puerto Rico friendly. By the way, <laughs> we know nothing about their team, uh, and it's a friendly. We know, we do know it's the last uh, time we'll see Kaká in purple, uh, unless something weird happens. So. So there you go. There's your preview. Yeah, there's our entire preview right there. All right, Dave. Uh, we'll start with Uruguayan defender Jose Aja. Does he Ooh. stay? Is he a member of Orlando City Soccer Club next year, or is he gone? I'm. I'm going to go with go 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 gone. Uh, I don't think Jose makes it back. And the reason I say that is he hasn't really made the field much recently. And I think even, you know, when you're you're looking at the, the Jason Christ experiment, that was the uh, last match of the season. So um, yeah, for me, for me, uh, I I think Jose is gone. 24 year old defender uh, center back. He's six, four good in the air. And uh, yeah, I think he's gone too. Uh, I think he's a guy that I would not have said that about a month ago, maybe, but nope. he has got to be in Jason Christ's doghouse in some major way because uh, this team does not have a lot of great depth at center back. Apparently as we've seen, because when <laughs> Spectre went down, but Jose has not even made the 18, Dave, in a, in a while, and he's been healthy. So yep. um, that tells me doghouse, because you don't just scratch a guy who was your starter for the first month of the season, uh, you know, when he's healthy, unless the, the writing is firmly on the wall. And uh, so I would expect Mr. Aha to uh, be moving along, which is it's kind of sad, because I think at 24 uh, and with his... Uh, you know, with some of the skills that he, we've seen from him, I think he could really still develop into something good, but uh, I don't think it'll be here. Nope. All right, Dave, this one should be a pretty easy one. Uh, we're talking about a 29-year-old fullback who played zero games with Orlando City in 2017. He did play quite a few games for OCB. Kevin Alston. 
Uh, oh, such a tough one. Yeah, no. Uh, as much as I like Kevin, uh, he is also going to be gone. Um, if you're going to get rid of a uh, 6'4 defender uh, who's only 24, you're definitely going to get rid of a guy that's my height and is 29 years old. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, but he's not a center back. You don't have to be tall when you're a center back. Yeah, still. He's 5'8", but, you know, there's a lot of short there's a lot of short guys uh, playing fullback, including PC. We'll get to him in a bit. Uh, yeah, I think Kevin Alston is gone. I think uh, it, it's kind of uh, interesting that they re-signed him. I'm sure they did it for depth purposes, but he didn't even get a whiff this year at all. Uh, he play, he didn't even – I mean, there were, there were games where he was on the bench for OCB. So uh, clearly not in the club's future plans at age 29 and uh, really didn't make too much of an impact uh, this year as he didn't play any MLS games at all. So uh, he gone. Uh, we will move on to Giles Barnes, the man who, by the way, Dave, as we all knew, would lead Orlando City in games played this year with an appearance in every single match. You know what? Uh, he got thrown out of Disney, but I don't think he gets thrown out of Orlando City. I think that we have Mr. Barnes here next year. The thing about Giles Barnes is... I am going to put a big qualifier on my answer here. Okay. I think he returns if he takes a pay cut. Okay. I do not see him staying on at the current price tag. Uh, he makes a lot of money, and he doesn't produce a lot of goals. He does give the team something that it doesn't have in other players in that he plays with the ball at his feet. He doesn't, uh, you know, he's able to take on defenders. He is able to, you know, hold on to the ball. And that's something that not a lot of the players on the club can do. He's also very versatile. He can play forward. He can play on the wing. He can play in the number 10 role. There are different things that he can do. So he does offer you some versatility. I think he's a good team guy. And uh, I think the teammates, uh, his teammates like him. I think Jason Christ likes him. And uh, I just think everybody likes him except the guy at the bar in uh, Epcot Center. <laughs> Uh, we weren't there, so we only can go with what they're saying that he cut in line. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Uh, but I will say that, uh, again, Giles is going to be gone unless he takes a pay cut. I do believe that his uh, contract's up this year, so that will be renegotiated. Yeah, well, and, and I'm, I was basing that off of uh, I, I think that Jason likes him. I think he does. And, and, and not just likes him, but I, I think he likes him as a player and what he brings. And I, so I, I – I, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to that. They may be able to come to terms. All right. All right. Uh, Haji Berry is a guy who uh, is uh, is an interesting guy because he has played sparingly in MLS for the last couple of years. Uh, he's very good at the USL level. In fact, led uh, OCB in goals. And, uh, you know, probably you could say that OCB makes the playoffs if he uh, has uh, is off the off the senior team bench more. And is with the uh, with the OCB club more. Uh, Haji Berry, what do you think? That's a tough one, um, man. Uh, my my initial inclination is to say that he stays. Um, it, that's kind of contingent on what's going on with OCB, though. Mm. Yeah, I think he stays, and I think he gets loaned out if he's not in the plans to be with the with the senior club. I think he's he's 24 years old, still has some right. uh, some some room for growth. He's showed some flashes. Uh, he definitely has to get a better first touch. He has to get uh, become a better passer. 
and maybe read the game a little bit better. But I think uh, you don't give up on a 24-year-old with goal-scoring ability, especially when you're a team that's challenged for scoring. So right. I, think, I think Haji stays. Whether or not he plays MLS games, I don't know. Uh, he could be loaned to OCB if it's still around. And, you know, the club right. says that it, the club was kind of cagey and saying they're committed to the USL for 2018. But they didn't say they're committed to uh, ho- having OCB in the USL in 2018. So it's kind of anybody's guess what they're going to do at this point. If they come back as OCB, Haji's probably going to spend the bulk of the year there. If they don't, they they probably well, loan, they loan him out to yeah. whoever that we are working with. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, concussion boy, Joe Bendick. Uh, Joe will be back. Uh, Joe would have been there this weekend if not for, uh, concussion protocols. So, mm-hmm. um, and we saw what happened when Joe wasn't there. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, prior to, uh, to decision day, he led the entire MLS with 118 saves. Um, you don't let a keeper like that go. So yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's, we, we could have skipped over that. The audience could have just guessed that one. Yeah, if the goals against don't go up, I I would I could take him. Uh, I would definitely take him making half that many saves next year. Oh, <laughs> it yes, means they're yes. not giving up as many shots. Uh, yeah, Joe's back next year. I think he signed. It was, it was I think it was a three-year deal. I don't remember if they gave us the terms. They definitely said it was a multi-year deal. So he uh, he took uh, a pretty uh, affordable amount of money for some stability. So I think he's shown that he's. Uh, committed to this club, and I think the club is going to reward him, and he's definitely going to be back next year. Yeah, without a doubt. Servando Carrasco. Interesting one. Um, man. All right. Um, I, I, he, I say that he, he does come back. I think Jason likes him, just doesn't like him as a starter. I think he likes him on the bench, mm-hmm. and I think that they'll make it happen to make sure that Alex and their family are happy. Uh, I would say Servando is back. I, I don't think that the Alex Morgan thing comes into it at all at this point because, uh, you know, it would not be difficult to, uh, to, to move Servando probably if they wanted to. But I think they Servando, what he gives you is he gives you a veteran player with a lot of game experience that you can bring off the bench. He's very affordable. Uh, this is a salary cap league, and I think a lot of people really kind of lose sight of that when they they think right. about when they say you know fire everybody. I mean, I, I don't know how many times I saw we put our, our thing out about you know which players might be back and which one will be gone next year, and you know people were just very cynically and very angrily saying that they should all be gone, and that's just not realistic. And uh, you know you have to have some role players, and I think Servando is one of those role players at a decent price. And uh, I don't, I really don't think the Alex Morgan thing comes into play, even though other people do. And well, I, I know you were I about mean, half I was joking. There. Yeah, yeah, you were, at, you were joking. But I know there are people that don't joke, and they say, well, they can't get rid of him because Alex won't stand for it. No, of course not. I don't not. know I mean, if you've noticed this, but this is a pretty good pride team, and I think there's a pretty good striker out there that could t- potentially take Alex Morgan's place. Uh, if uh, if she decided that she was angry because Servando well, got traded, there's a there's a pretty <laughs> decent uh, player on the men's team that is married to somebody else on another women's team that is not the Orlando Pride. So this is not something that they worry about. That's kind of what I was alluding to. So yeah. anyway, uh, yeah, there there are there are other options out there for the Pride. So I don't think it's a big deal, and I don't, uh, you know, they knew what they were getting into when they got married. That very very few uh, of these uh, married couples 
get to uh, live in the same city with their spouse uh, if they're both professional athletes. Look at the Ertzes. One yeah. plays in Philadelphia, one plays in Chicago. So it can work. And in fact, all of these players made it work in the past. So uh, I'm sure they would, their preference would like be in the same city, but uh, I don't think it's a make or break thing, especially at this point. But Servando, but right. I do, I do yeah, think Servando off the benches. He's a, he's a, he's a very good affordable um, experienced option coming off the bench. Yeah. And, and the versatility to play a few different spots. So that's yes. all right. Uh, this one's a no brainer. Pierre De Silva. Pierre De Silva is back, baby. He's they back. already, uh, yeah, that's a that's a absolute no-brainer. He's one of the 19-year-olds that, well, they kept other 19-year-olds for OCB. But, um, you know, the the flashes of, you know, brilliance that we've seen down at USL, um, he, he is one of those guys that they, they are definitely targeting to groom to move into the MLS squad, and they're not going to let him go. Yeah, I agree. I think he's back unless somebody makes a really good offer for him and they think that it's worth uh, worth passing him up for. But I think Pierre is back. Uh, I don't agree with everybody that says he should have been playing MLS games this year because I, I've seen enough of OCB to know there are holes in his game that he still needs to work on. But sure. uh, he is certainly uh, has a lot of potential. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Pierre's continued development. He's only 19, folks. Be patient. Um, all right, here's an interesting name because I th- think uh, I've been pretty high on this guy in the past, and I think that that time has passed. Uh, and unfortunately, I think part of it is a, is a is a massive injury from 2015. That's Connor Donovan, who spent the whole year with OCB. Um, I'm going to say Connor's gone, and one of the reasons uh, isn't his generation Adidas contract up after this year? Yes, I believe it is. I believe he yeah. he and um, he and Kyle uh, came in at the same time. I think uh, the club may own some options on him, though. So I wouldn't say that it's uh, necessarily a contract-related thing. No, but it doesn't help. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that and, yeah, I, unfortunately, the, you know, if, if he and Kyle come in at the same time and we know what Kyle's done, um, yeah, uh, for, for those of you who are not familiar with who Connor Donovan is, well, there's your answer. Connor is a center back who at one point and was uh, ahead of Tommy Redding in the rotation. Uh, and he was actually playing quite well in 2015. He had, uh, he was the, he was the next man up uh, after the two starters. And he, uh, he got his first start against those same Philadelphia union. And uh, he suffered a, a pretty, uh, pretty nasty knee injury early in that game in his first start. And so Tommy Redding got his first game in MLS that night. And uh, so it was uh, it was sad because Connor, I don't think, has really um, gotten the explosion back in his leg uh, since that injury. And it's, you know, we're far enough removed that you could probably say that maybe we'll never he'll never get that range of movement completely back. Uh, but I think that he has struggled with that a bit at times. And. You know, with OCB, he'd have long stretches where he looked really, really good, but he'd have also games uh, like that um, uh, that that game, uh, not the Tampa game, the New York Red Bulls 2 game where he just really looked bad. Right. And uh, I think that uh, he's still a young guy. He's only 21, uh, but I do think that the team will move on from him uh, this year, um, and uh, we'll we'll see. I mean, I, I think he's still, he's still a guy that they can bring back because, again, he's under – MLS contract, and I'm sure he's he's probably got a, a pair of like one-year uh, options for the club. But um, uh, I just think that at this point they'll probably uh, close the door on that one. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, we know there's another year on this guy's contract. Dom Dwyer. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Dom Dwyer returns. Uh, and uh, he is indeed back uh, next year. Uh, I'm not really worried about that. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty uh, – I said out on a limb. Obviously, I was joking. I'm pretty feeling pretty good about that one. <laughs> yeah, he's back. Tom's back. Uh, Earl Edwards Jr. I want to point out something about Earl Edwards Jr. Uh, he gave up six goals on Sunday, and I think there was maybe one of them he could have stopped. Yeah. I mean, that's just how 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 badly the uh, the the whole team got torched. Well, all right. So the thing about uh, Earl that match was. Look who was in front of him. Um, <laughs> so, you know, he got left hang. He he was left hanging out to drag, you know, a little bit there. So, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, we saw his potential uh, and how he utterly, you know, dominated in at USL and and was one of the better goalies there. So, um, and besides that, okay, so you got to have X amount of goalies, and I think with his age, his potential, that you know, he's. He's one that they will feel comfortable keeping around to, you know, provide that backstop. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I I think Earl's back. I don't think there's any question about that. I think he's probably the backup next year. I don't. We'll get to Josh Saunders down when we get down to the bottom of the alphabet. But uh, he's, uh, you know, he's he's a 25 year old keeper. He's just hitting his prime years. Really, uh, he was amazing for OCB in 2017 just absolutely one of the dominating players in the usl this year and never really got a chance in mls to show what he could do and and hopefully the fans that do not watch ocb don't uh, look at that game sunday as a, a reflection on on his talent and his ability because he's he's much better than what you saw that night and uh in in his last game in the usl also was another one of those aberrations because uh, it was one of those games where they really wanted to win, so they threw a bunch of MLS players in there. And I think it really kind of disrupted what that team had going. I think that the rhythm and the chemistry that that team had was really, really wrecked by that. And um, and he kind of uh, faced the brunt of that because, uh, again, that was a game that PC started and was not very good. And, and he was playing next to Connor Donovan, who also had a, a howler of a game. So those two guys next to each other were not doing... Uh, Edwards any favor so his last two games were kind of a mess but definitely not indicative of how he played all year not at all all right next I think another easy decision Uh, a guy who was the only player on the roster loaned out outside the U.S. all year Devron Garcia Uh, so an international player uh, loaned out um, goodbye He's yeah, gone. They can't wait to get rid of him, I think. <laughs> <laughs> once, uh, once again, for those of you who have never heard of Devron Garcia, that's why. Yeah, he was last year he was bad for OCB. Uh, this year he, he got loaned to uh, Real España, I believe. And um, we don't I don't really didn't really keep up with him. Uh, but I don't think he's in the plans of this club. Twenty yeah. uh, three year old fullback, Victor PC Giro. Uh, Giro is gone. Uh, if you want to know why, go rewatch the Philly game. And I don't <laughs> recommend anybody go rewatch the Philly game because it's painful enough to watch it once. But that, uh, you know, uh, PC for all the hype and whatever else he had when he came in, uh, just it never developed here for whatever reason. And uh, the apex of that was this past weekend. So, yeah, um, no doubt in my mind, he's not here next year. 
I am 50-50, Dave, on Victor PC Giro. Uh, PC really? is 23 years old and very, very inexpensive. Uh, he does okay. carry he does carry an international uh, roster slot, uh, which is something that is a drawback uh, against him. I don't know what the length of his deal was, but I could see them holding on to him. He did show some flashes this year, uh, but of course, at the end of the year when he had been sitting and not getting playing time, uh, it's really a lot to ask of of someone to to throw them out there uh, with unfamiliar in unfamiliar. Uh, situations and, and and hoping that they can can take care of business now if he's a veteran player you know those guys usually can slot in and at least hold their own but young guys that's a little bit tougher especially when he's you know his his main gig the last couple of years has been the nasl so um, i guess it really depends on what jason saw during that game yeah and i don't even think it really comes down to that game or practice and everything. yeah i i, I it, it'll be interesting to see i think he's one that i will keep an eye on uh, this offseason because I think it could go either way. Uh, now, I would say... I was going to say, what's your actual call here? Uh, I would say my call is going to be that he stays, but I also think that left back is going to be addressed in the offseason. I think that they'll try to bring in somebody. And if they do, I think they keep Donnie Toya as the backup and uh, send Victor uh, PC Giro on their way. Okay. On his way, his way. All right, here's another. This one I think is going to be a very difficult call. At least it is for me. Um, I know what I want to happen, uh, but I don't know what will happen. So you tell me what you think the club does, stays or goes, Christian Higita. You are right. That is a tough one. Um, I'm going to go. I, I think he's shown enough. And this is going to sound really weird for Higita. I think he showed enough consistency in the second half of the season that I think he impressed Jason enough that he keeps him. I'm not saying he's going to start depending on, you know, what the uh, acquisitions are, but I think he stays. Yeah. I would like to see Krishna Gita stay. I think that he, when he was playing that left wing in the diamond, he was not my favorite player. Uh, that is not a good spot for him. And he was no. uh, visibly, uh, showing difficulty and frustration in playing that position. Um, he is a defensive-minded player. He is not a player that gets forward a lot and does a lot of things. He's In that sixth role, he's very good at it. He's, a good, he's a good destroyer, and I think, he, I think he's worth keeping around. I hope they keep him, and I think they will, but I could definitely see them selling him if they get a good offer for him. Sure, but, you know... That's obviously we're doing this based on not knowing what moves will be made. Right, so, right, right. you know, for just as things are, I think he stays. Yeah, I think that he'll stay. Uh, but I certainly think that the, the, the club will be listening to those offers. Uh, OK, so we are now at uh, defender Seb Hines. Whew. Um, as much as I would like. Seb to stay. I think that uh, one of the big things that's going to happen, and I, even though I just said not to take this into account, I think they're going to address other issues at 29. Um, and with his pace, I think that we will not see Seb back last, next year. Yeah, I would be surprised to see Seb back. I think that he's, uh, you know, if if being a nice guy made you a great player, he'd be the best player on the team. He's a really, Without a doubt. really yeah. sweet guy. 
Uh, really enjoyed talking to Seb. And, uh, you know, I don't think anybody worked as hard and was as good of a, uh, of a soldier for the team this year uh, as, as Seb was. Seb went down to OCB, played almost the entire year there, never complained, looked at it as an opportunity to, to teach young guys, to show that, you know, what he could do to get healthy after that knee operation. And I thought that he played very, very well in the USL. I think he earned his opportunity uh, with the MLS side. And I think until that Philadelphia game, he did pretty uh, he, well. He had come up and and provided the best option to pair with Specter that we've that we saw in the last couple months of the season. Well, and uh, that's but that's the key there is pairing with Specter. Yeah, and I think that you can't have two slow center backs, and Specter doesn't have a great deal of pace, uh, but he definitely moves better than Seb. Uh, I think that the club shops for a a top class center back this year and i think seb is uh the casualty and i expect that tommy will probably be kept on as that that backup so i've already tipped my hand there for tommy but uh uh, anyway i think seb's gone and we wish him well wherever he goes because like you said just fantastic guy teammate etc tremendous guy and in fact if uh if ocb does come back and lewis neal is not a player coach next year i would really like seb to be a player coach absolutely so that could happen. Well, you never know. Uh, all right. The next guy, we know he's gone. Kaka. <laughs> I'm going to say gone. Yeah. Let's uh, let's take the uh, take the W here. <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We're, uh, no matter what happens, we got one right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's a difficult one. Uh, Will Johnson. Whew. That is a difficult one. I'm... And I've actually been thinking about this, knowing that we were going to do this uh, for the last couple of days. And I, I'm going to say he stays. And the reason that I say that is, you know, we talked about this previously where, you know, there were multiple, multiple investigations where things have been looked into. And he, you know, there was one point where you and I both said, we will never see him in purple again. Yeah, we were wrong. And we yes, were wrong. We were. And, we were both wrong. And we were both wrong. And he was back. And then he not only was he back, but he played. And I think the main reason we didn't see him in Philly was had more to do with Jason wanting to see what he had with other people. No, no. We didn't see him in Philly because he was suspended for yellow card accumulation. Oh, right. Well, yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, but anyway, regardless, uh, I, yeah, I, I, th- I, think, I think Will is back. I think... Jason likes what he brings to the field. I understand that there might be off the field this or that distractions. I'm not even talking about will do anything off the field, just the PR, whatever goes along with it. But I, like I say, I, I've been back and forth in my head a lot with this one, and I, I keep coming back to that he'll he'll be back next year. Whether he stays all time or not, I, I don't know. But I, I say he, he's he's in purple at the beginning of the next season. Yeah, this was a difficult one for me because again, I, I'm not sure. I know, I know. Um, I was surprised that there weren't a lot more boos based on the reaction I saw on social media to him being reinstated. Uh, it was, it was. There were some boos, but there were, you know, it wasn't like an overwhelming thing like I thought it would be. Um, you and I were not there the night that the stuff went down that he got arrested for. Uh, we are not privy to all of the the evidence and all of the the information that the police and investigators gathered. So we don't really know what happened that night. Anybody can read the police report, make up their own mind of what they think happened that night. But it's just 
it's just what you think. It's you're bringing your biases into it. You don't really know. No, none of us knows. So leaving all that aside, what you have is you have a 30-year-old midfielder who's still fairly useful, uh, but he does bring a pretty hefty price tag at $450,000. So I think this is one of those situations where uh, I think Jason Christ will do what he can to keep Will Johnson um, and potentially even, uh, depending on how his teammates feel about him, could be captain next year. Um, which I know is going to make some of our listeners unhappy, but I'm sorry. That's just uh, the reality is that the, the man's not been convicted of anything. He's not in prison. Uh, he is a member of the club. And uh, if they if they bring him back, I think he may end up being the captain. But uh, And prior to all that happening, he was the – when Kakao was not on the field, he, he was, was the, the captain. captain. That's right. And he, and he did a good job at that. And on, on his – if you simply said it, aside his on the field stuff his on the field stuff was excellent yeah when you when you look at will johnson play the way he plays he he gives you everything he has he's not the most talented player but he hustles he works his butt off he he can play multiple positions he, he cares he can give you the occasional goal and assist which is something sorely lacking in the midfield this year he and, can provide set piece uh kicks i mean yeah, yeah i mean he does a lot of good things so i, I do think he's back but I certainly think that there's a chance – I could see a scenario where the midfield is overhauled to the point where they can't keep him at his price tag. So, um, again, I'm not, I'm not throwing that qualifier on there. I gave you what I think will happen, uh, and, mm-hmm. and we'll have to just see how it goes. But, yeah, I could see Will Johnson being on this team next year. Yeah. All right. Uh, that brings us up to um, Kyle Laren. Wow. Um, if you had asked me this – Last week, um, I would have said Kyle was gone. Since that time, I've had more time to think about it, and now it's one of those I'm going back and forth. Um, If I haven't heard any rumors. Well, here's the thing, Dave. I don't know if you – because you were driving. I don't know if you saw the news tonight. About uh, uh, Kyle apparently has, has spoken to the Orlando Sentinel and said that he believes he's ready to play in Europe. He wants to play in Europe. That's where he wants to play against the best players uh, to raise his game to the best it can be. So there was that that came out just this evening as we record this on uh, Ah. Wednesday night, the 25th of October. This is going to drop on the 26th on a Thursday, uh, late morning on a Thursday. Uh, But I don't know if that changes your mind or not. Uh, Well, oddly enough, that bit of news did not make it into my radio when driving from Daytona to Tallahassee. Weird. (laughs) You know, you would think something that big would have made it. But, um, uh, uh, man, this it was it was a close call before or not. Um, All right. I'm going to it's 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 a long enough offseason. I'm going to revert back to a week ago. I'm going to say that um, somebody at some point looks up and says you know what we've got an opportunity to try and, and get this guy at maybe a lower price than we would have a year ago if Orlando's wanting to sell him for that is the other question mm-hmm. um especially given the you know the money that we're going to be saving now that uh Kaka's is no longer here so uh, there's so many caveats with this so but that's not helpful in the stay or go so <laughs> i'm going to say uh I'm going to say go. 
And the reason is that he wants to go, and I think somebody will come up with the price point that Orlando will take. Yeah, I know that the the club wanted somewhere in the neighborhood. It was being reported. I think Paul Tenorio had it. Uh, he wanted $5 million for him. I don't think you're going to get $5 million for him, especially no. after the little bit of a drop in production, although his, his uh, goals and assists per 90 really hasn't dropped from last year. He just nope. played fewer minutes. But part of the reason he played fewer minutes is because of that arrest for the DUI. Correct. Uh, I think that DUIs of, in and of themselves won't dissuade teams from wanting him, but they will probably – uh, eat into the price point. And I think that because the club now will receive two thirds of his sale price rather than uh, what they would have gotten before, which I think was half, uh, I think they can take a lower amount. Uh, I think the highest they've been offered for him is three. I don't think they'll get three. I think they'll get two and a half for him this off season. And I think they will sell Kyle Laren and he won't be back. Yeah. Because uh, again, because you said, as you said, the Kaká money will be here. The you know won't be going out. They'll they'll look for another strike option to go with Dom Dwyer, a different mm-hmm. type of striker, and uh, we will see exactly uh, what that looks like next year. Should be fun. <laughs> all right, twenty-two-year-old midfielder Richie Larea. Who? All right. Um, well, he's uh, he's young. He's got potential i don't think he's necessarily ready for mls i'm 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 kind of putting him in the the same category as pierre de silva uh even though he's a little bit older and that i i i I think that he's back but i think that it's in a ocb or whatever the equivalent of ocb is for next year to continue to develop i think richie is back and i I think he stays with this with the senior squad next year. Oh. I, I think that he'll get more minutes from the get-go. I think he'll have a full training camp with the first team. I think he'll bulk up a little bit more. And I, I really liked a lot of what I saw from him on Sunday, even though um, you know the team as a whole didn't play well and there you know his, he didn't have anywhere near a perfect game. But I think you see just those glimmers of brilliance that he has. And I think if you could just tweak that a little more, he'll be going into age 23 next year. Uh, okay. So he'll be moving into some prime years himself. I think that he's got an opportunity to stay and uh, and to make uh, make a difference next year. Well, and if he do, if they do sit him at the uh, gain weight table at dinner, then then yeah, you might be right. <laughs> All right, let's bring up uh, um, a kind of a high priced guy, kind of an older guy, Antonio Nocherino. Uh, all right, so Noche is such a uh, divisive player, not only with um, the supporters, and not only with the readers of the mainland, but also within the mainland staff. Yes. Um, I personally, I like Notorino. I think he plays hard. I think he's got heart. I think he's gives his all whenever he's out there. I also think that he won't be here. I think he won't be here unless uh, there's some kind of a, uh, a new deal struck because he makes far too much money for a 32-year-old midfielder. This has become a league where pace is important. Uh, yep. It's already been a physical a physical league, but now some of these physical guys are faster than ever. And I really think that that makes, uh, it makes for problems for guys like Notorino. And he is a... Uh, he just doesn't give you enough offense to move him uh, to, you know, he's played, he played more of an offensive attacking role down the stretch. Um, 
but he doesn't really offer you a whole lot of goals and assists there. So I, I just don't see that as a sustainable long-term move for him. He's got to be playing the defensive side. I really, you know, I, I will say that I think some of the criticism of Jason Christ this year has been fair in terms of him not bending from his uh, preferred shape. I think that th- this is a team that was really built um, with some players that are more suited for a 4-2-3-1. And when things weren't going well, you know, maybe that would have been a good option. I think you could then you could have a Nocherino and a, and a Higita on yeah. on the field together and they won't get in each other's way and, and they won't be, a, you know, it won't be one one guy trying to be something he's not. And I think that would have worked better for Kaká as well. So that is the criticism that I think that was leveled at Jason this year that I think is fair. But, um, you know, he is, that... he's trying to do his thing and to create his culture here. And, you know, sometimes that means mashing those square pegs into those round holes and seeing if you can't uh, rub the edges off of them, the corners off of them, you know. So um, I think Nocherino is gone uh, because of his uh, price tag and because and because I think that he's so high on, on Giles Barnes. Now, here's the thing, though. Alex Latow recently said some things that made it sound like Nocherino was here next year. Now, of course, he's not the GM. He does right. have to sign off on all of those decisions, but I've never known a GM or I've never known a, a, a money guy that would not sign off on selling a player that uh, makes uh, a great deal of money, uh, $850,000 that you're spending on one guy. And, uh, you know, in those in those stretches of three games in, in eight days, he can't play those three games. So Right. And this is not a knock on Notrino's, you know, willingness right. or effort, right? Because he, he, he I, I think, frankly, demonstrated his dedication and willingness to give his all every time he was on the field. Mm-hmm. But he's 32. And like you said, in a eight day span, he's not going to be able to play three games. So I don't think anybody's shown as much passion for this club as he has over the last year. Exactly. I, I think he's, a, I think that Notrino is an amazing guy. I really do. I like him a lot and I, I like him as a player. I just don't think that he fits this, uh, this league in this system. I think he could fit in a, different system in MLS, but I don't think he fits this league as physical and fast as it is in the system that Jason Christ wants to play. So uh, I think he's going to be out the the door. And I think that's, that may be good for Giles Barnes. Um, Okay. Here is a 21 year old defender named Leonardo Pereira. Uh, Leo is gone. Um, I know he's 21. I know he's six foot one, but um, he has Every time he's been on the field, he has not shown what he needs to show to keep a position here. So, um, no, he's he's out. <laughs> All right. I'm going to surprise you here by saying he stays. Oh, man. Uh, okay. And I, I know he's a lone guy, but I think he's staying. But I, I think that he might be more uh, of a loan out to develop guy at age 21. Oh, okay. All he's right. very inexpensive. Uh, only a $53,000 price tag. So he's among the cheapest guys on the roster. Um, okay. In fact, I think, uh, I think that is the league minimum. I think he makes the <laughs> league minimum. Uh, so he, well, that's fair. He, I, I think when you have somebody with, you know, he's got very good feet, he's good in the air. He may not have the awareness or the, or doesn't read the game as well as he needs to yet, but that's something that could come. And I think that more seasoning uh, might help him 
And uh, so, I, I, and I think that they I certainly expect Orlando City to bring in center backs this year. Uh, yes. But I think that Pereira is a guy that you can stash and loan somewhere, and uh, you know, keep the price tag low. Okay. Say, well, you can't loan him out because he's on loan here. Well, he was on loan to OCB and got loaned here, so it's obviously doable. You know, <laughs> so that's, that's that's my opinion. That's fair. I that's could fair. be wrong, but uh, you know, I, I think he's he's a guy that, that we could see. I mean, because isn't he's one of those guys from uh, Paranaense, right? He's one of the, the first guy from from that yeah. partnership to come oh, in. Yeah. Oh, true. I oh. forgot that's where he was from. You're right. He is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I can't. 20... I can't go. I can't go back now and change. I won't do it. <laughs> All right. Twenty-six year old uh, Texan midfielder Dylan Powers. I so want him to stay and to be good just because I love the headband and uh, <laughs> and I, I think he wants to play hard. Um, oh, you know what? I, yeah. All right. He stays. I, he, he doesn't start. He stays. Uh, he's a he's one of the uh, midfield bench players that uh, Jason keeps around. I think he goes, and I think here's why. $325,000. That is what Dylan Powers makes. I don't think you can have that player at that price here. Um, he doesn't He doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to be used as a starter, and I don't think you throw a $325,000 player on the bench uh, in that spot. So I don't know. Uh, We're going to have a lot of money to throw around. I think he's, he's going to go. Um, but also, I don't know what his contract is. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know what his contract uh, situation is, so yeah. we'll we'll see. Uh, here's a guy who <laughs> a lot of opinions. He's had a very snake bitten career. A 22 year old fullback named Rafael Ramos. Hoy. Um. Wow. All right. Uh, yeah, this is a tough one. Um. <laughs> No, it is, uh, man. Because this is one of the guys I, I I want to stay in. I want him to to be come out to the potential that you know he's shown flashes of. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, he's twenty two. Uh, he only makes a hundred thousand dollars. He got a raise uh, recently. Uh, yeah, I. You know what? Yeah, he stays. I mean. 22, he's shown some flashes, only makes 100. Yeah, you, you, you keep him around. Absolutely. Ah, man, I would love to see this kid uh, succeed. I don't think it's going to be here. I just think that the – it's just – once you have a reputation of a player who can't stay healthy, it's really hard – to keep a guy around. And I think that that's going to be his undoing. I think he, he goes somewhere else, gets a change of scenery, uh, has maybe a pretty good career. And we, we lament getting rid of him. Uh, but the fact is that he has not been able to stay healthy so far in his career. He's had a lot of problems with his hamstrings. So uh, I see him going. Okay. Uh, number 29 in your program. Number one in your heart, Tommy Redding, a homegrown player. Tommy Redding stays. This 20, is a no-brainer. 20-year-old defender. Uh, I know that the club has an option on him, and so he's going to be under contract. I would think that uh, they would like to have Tommy uh, locked up to a longer-term deal, I think. Uh, but, um, 
at any rate, uh, it was nice of your dog, by the way, to make an appearance on the podcast. Well, Murphy agrees with you, uh, Tommy. <laughs> uh, we've got three votes on this one. Uh, Murphy says that Tommy stays. I think Tommy's going to stay. He's a fairly inexpensive guy, and he's a he, he's a very solid backup. In fact, he's a good spot starter uh, for when you've got three games in a week. And uh, he has done a really nice job on some of the really tough strikers in this league, like uh, like David Villa. So um, I think there's so much potential there. Uh, he just continues to be a liability when you play teams that are very big and very physical because he's he's just not that guy. I mean, you you put him you saw him against Joseph Martinez at Atlanta, and much different than playing against uh, David Villa, who's uh, tiny. Right. So I think if you use him in the right way, I think that Tommy is a very valuable player, and we'll we'll see how how he and does. He, and he can continue to develop. Yeah, and he's also uh, capable of playing right back. So. Uh, Maybe if Rafael Ramos goes, maybe Tommy plays more minutes in relief of Scott Sutter or something. If Scott Sutter stays, we haven't got that far yet. Oh, yeah, that's right. We haven't got that far. (laughs) All right. uh, Everybody's favorite rocket man, Carlos Rivas. Oh, Carlos. Carlos, Carlos, Carlos. Ye of the hitting the Heineken sign and everything else above the uh, crossbar. I think we say adios to Carlos. I agree with you. I don't think that we need to give any more souvenirs to the upper deck fans. Um, as, he as much as I'm sure they appreciate he it. He doesn't hit the Heineken sign, Dave. He clears it, <laughs> which is a problem because it's on the facade between the upper deck and the lower deck. Um, just not seeing enough from him. He is he's a maddening player because he, when he is on his game, he looks so, so good. Uh, I think back to the Montreal game away last year when he played like a designated player and a a couple of games this year early in the year when he really gave teams problems. But, man, there are games that he checks out. He can be lazy. Um, He continues to make the same mistakes over and over. And he's one-footed, so he can't play the right side, even though Jason played him on the right side on Sunday. Do you think he was trying to do the uh, opposite foot thing on that? You know, he may have been because I know Jason has done that before, but I don't know that he's done it in that um, formation. Um, right. He certainly did do that a few times last year. You'll remember in the four-two-three-one when he put, uh, he sometimes put Breck on the right side so he could uh, yes. come in on that powerful left foot. But um, uh, I don't know in a four-three-three if that was uh, the best move. That might have just been a move to see how that shape looked and and right. um, and, and that, that was the guy he had on the field. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I think. I think we've seen that Carlos doesn't um, either he doesn't want to be here or he doesn't want to put in the work or he doesn't or he's just not capable of being consistent. Um, he's still just 23 years old. Uh, I still think his 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 ceiling is probably Fabian Castillo level. Right. But I, it's just not happening here. And you cannot have a designated player uh, no. in this you know, slot taken up by a guy who's not producing. Uh, who was on the bench quite a bit. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I think Carlos is gone. Um, there's a guy who didn't play a lot this year, Tony Rocha. Tony Rocha. Um... Midfielder can play a little bit of fullback. Uh, made $65,620.80 this year. You know, um, normally if we had somebody that was making that amount of money, I'd say maybe we, we keep him. But uh, I think we have other midfield options. So um, I think that Tony is gone. 
Um, I don't know what his contract situation is. I would tend to say he's probably gone. Um, if he does stay, I think that would be in a loan capacity to the OCB or equivalent uh, that the team uses for for uh, for guys. But uh, uh, you know, solid USL guy, just not quite to MLS standards. And I, I think when Jason doesn't use a guy uh, for long stretches when his team uh, is floundering, I think it it speaks a lot about the player. So, or at least right. maybe not about the player, maybe just the way Jason feels about the player maybe he just doesn't trust him or whatever so or yeah. feels about the player within his system right so i i think he'll move on uh from grants pass oregon josh saunders the oldest well, member of the florida or of the orlando city lions uh yeah who got hurt um so we've got a aging injured goalkeeper and we have Joe Bendick and we have up and coming Earl Edwards. Um, so as good of a job as Josh did sitting behind Joe and never having to play a minute, I'm going to think that he's probably gone. Goodbye, Josh. We hardly knew you. <laughs> we really, really hardly knew you. Really hardly knew you. Uh, here's one that's, I think probably going to be our shortest discussion of the evening. Jonathan Spector. He stays. He stays. All right, another goalkeeper, another homegrown player, Mason Stajahar. And uh, he's 19 years old, making the league minimum. Making the league minimum and um, no minutes, no nothing. But uh, he's been he's had a lot of injury problems, too. Just coming yeah. back from those. And uh, I, I know that the club was really high on him a couple of years ago in the Adrian Heath uh, administration. Um, I don't know how Jason feels about him, uh, but I do think that there's some talent there. He's played in the U.S. youth setup, uh, so he's uh, he's a guy who's who's again he's got a wealth of talent. Can he stay healthy? But he's only 19. Well, you know he's 19. He's homegrown and he's making the league minimum. Uh, and and we're, we just said we're getting rid of of Saunders. So I yeah Mason stays. I see Mason as your number one guy for OCB if there's an OCB next year. Uh, exactly, because Earl's going to be the backup. Yeah, um, and Jake Fenlayson was uh, was let go among uh, pretty much everybody else on OCB. God, uh, poor poor <laughs> Fenlayson. Yeah, he's let go. He gets picked back up for one game, and then yeah, he's you go. got to sit on the bench for uh, for Orlando's oh, final game. That was man. had to be well, good. He made it to the show. He can. Say he did that. make it to the show. Yep. So you know, some play, some players only get one game in the show, and they don't even get to get on the field. Now that's. That may be his fate, but uh, at least he got there, which is a lot of players can't say. Uh, Scott Sutter from London, England. Uh, Scott Sutter from London, England is going to stay. Scott Sutter has done a lot of good things this year on that right side. He gets forward. He puts crosses in. He defends well. I There is no doubt in my mind that uh, Scott is back next year. Scott had the longest season of any player on Orlando City this year. He went through a full Euro season and right into MLS. And, and never lost a step. Still led this team in minutes in yep. 2017. And uh, never looked tired. Scott was very, very good this year. Very consistent. Um, yeah, he had as many problems as anybody else did in the final game. I mean, he, he lost his man on, on one of the headers. I think it was the, uh, I think the Fafa Pico first goal was his uh, his man getting across in front of him. But um 
you know, I, I think that Scott Sutter did a lot of good things, and uh, I think he'll only get better from here on out uh, in his second year in the league. And he's back. Um, we're almost done here. We only got a couple left. Yeah. It probably seems like we've been at this for hours uh, to our listeners, not to us. We feel like it's only been a few minutes. Uh, from Tucson, Arizona, I got kicked out of Epcot. Donnie Toya. Well, he might have gotten kicked out of Epcot, but he's staying in Orlando City. Um, depending whether, you know, what additions we make, whether he starts or not, uh, that's up for, you know, debate. But, uh, um, you know, Toya was, if not spectacular, was relatively, you know, serviceable and um, had times where he was better than serviceable on the left side. So, um he was one of the people who was brought in to shore up that back line. So, yeah, Donnie, Donnie stays. Yeah, I can only remember about two or three games where he was what I would call bad. He was uh, he was anywhere from solid to very good. Uh, yes. Mostly solid and, and, and good. Uh, a few games he was very good. And uh, one or two games he was actually great. So I think that at his price point, which is pretty low, hundred grand, I think he stays. Again, uh, they may try to address left back and bring in a – left-sided Scott Sutter in uh, in 2018. I think that they will try to do that. But again, the reality is you're in a salary cap league. Right. And if you can get a starter for $100,000 and pay someone else more to come in, then you do that. So I think that, you know, it's really a puzzle. The, the You know, dealing with the salary cap is really like putting a really intricate puzzle together because you, you're trying to make pieces fit. You Everybody would love to have 11 superstars on the field and, and you know, and seven more on the bench, right? Everybody would love to have... All-star yes, caliber, all-star caliber players at every at every position, but that's just not the reality. You have to have guys that make less money to make the salary cap work. And, and I think that when you can get a, a starter uh, at fullback for 100k and put that money, who does you know a normally a, a good job? You know, normally does a very good job. Uh, yeah. at, you Most know, he of the time, when we you. talk about him, it's, we, when we talk about it, it's we don't say a lot of great things about him, but we never say a lot of negative things about. Him. He's just. He's, he's there doing his job. Yeah, he quietly does his job. He's he's not spectacular. He's solid. He's defensive-minded first. And, um, you know, he's, and he's... He's a defender, so and, that's good. And he's a vast improvement over what we had there at Luke Bowden and uh, and uh, Breck Shea. So, um, anyway, I, I think he stays. And, again, like you said, if, if they can upgrade that position, they will. But I think he'll still be on the roster. Yeah. Brings us to our final contestant, Dave. And, again, this is probably... Uh, just about as quick as the Jonathan Spector pick from Lima, Peru, number 20 or 27 years old, designated player and international Yoshimar Yotun. Oh, we can make it quick, but I'm not going to because I want to wax poetic about Mr. Yotun <laughs> because he is my favorite guy that we brought in in the second half of the season. Um, he has been spectacular for Orlando City. He has provided um, uh magic and creativity and pace and just and set pieces and he's he has done everything and more that we could have ever hoped for from a guy that nobody had heard of um we all know his name now and we all love yoshi and um he is absolutely back i'm looking forward to getting other pieces around him and dom and whoever else and you know getting Jason's midfield the way he wants it, which is obviously going to include Yoshi. And so I very emphatically and happily say that Mr. Yotun will be here next year. He stays. 
That was a good counter counterbalance there. Yeah, he's safe. <laughs> he's safe. He's really, really good. He's a really good player. He's, he's really good. I like him a lot. Yeah, he may may not even be a DP next year. They may be able to pull him down a little bit with uh, his current uh, salary is at six hundred thousand. So they wouldn't really have to put a ton of uh, of of allocation money into to buying him down. So um, nope. that would give them another DP slot, Dave. Oh, the things I want to do with DP slots. And they're already getting Kaka's DP slot, Dave, and they may be, uh, getting, may be getting Carlos Rivas' DP slot, Dave. Uh, on the other hand, uh, uh, probably, on the other hand, if they re-sign uh, Dom, he'll be getting one of those DP slots. So Okay, you know what? I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay fine. with that. All right, so that stays goes for another year. Uh, we should probably uh, – I would do this with the pride, but I think everybody's back. <laughs> you know, well, we hope everybody's <laughs> back. Except for the three re-entry wire players, I think everybody's going to come back next year. So uh, I'm not, sure they'll be, be – sorely disappointed. Yeah, there'll be some movement, uh, but we don't know what that movement will look like. It's always – there's a lot more trading in um, – it seems like in the NWSL than there is in MLS. So uh, everybody likes to re-sign their, all their assets and then do trades. Seems to be like the uh, the way it works, and uh, since uh, pride, I think I think Tom Sermani likes the people that he has. So. I think he's got a really good core. I'm sure he would like to to upgrade. Add. To, he'll want to add. Bit. Yeah, but he'll he'll need to subtract to add because that's just the way math works uh, when you have a 20 player roster, and um, I think that one of those uh, it'd be one of those situations where um, he's kind of got to stand stand pat for a uh, to some degree because of the fact that. Um, He's already traded all the team's draft picks. So, <laughs> so uh, we'll see how it goes. I, I think that the, this is a team that um, certainly I think that there's an opportunity to um, make a trade with Aubrey Bledsoe because she's shown she can be a, a starter in this league. So if yes. you have an Ashlyn Harris, it's certainly a situation where you could bring in another keeper uh, not that you would want to downgrade the backup position because we saw just how valuable Aubrey Bledsoe was this year. Yeah, let's but, be very clear. We yeah. don't want Aubrey no, to go. No, no. But just thinking from from a putting on my GM hat for a minute and looking at this as these are my assets. I have uh, somebody who might be in demand, may never get a better, you know, better deal for this player than right now. So, well, and I was going to say, and you might you know, be able to really, take, really taking off my bias good. hat. I also want Aubrey to do well and have opportunity. Sure, sure. Uh, in fact, I mean, you know, as sacrilege as it might sound to some, it really wouldn't hurt me if, uh, if, if, if they found a way to move Ashlyn on and to get something uh, good in exchange for her, because we already know Aubrey can do it. Wow. Yeah, that that, that does border on sacrilege there, but yeah, I know, you're, I know. You're, that, but you're not. I'm, you're also not wrong. I'm going to get a lot of hate from the from the Ashland stands, but uh, the the fact of the matter is, if you've got two good, you know, two really good top quality goalkeepers, and you can only you know you can only play one at a time, um, if you have a chance to bolster a, another section of your team, then sometimes you do that. And well, and given that, I, I, so you know, one of the arguments for Ashland would be, of course, you know, she's the captain. Well, you also have Alex Morgan and Mardo on your team, so you know. Yeah. So here's the thing about the pride, Dave, before we move on to our mailbag, is that, you know, there's all this talk about, well, Dom's here. Is Sydney LaRue going to come? Well, Sydney's rights are, are, you know, she's a federated federation player. She's an allocated by the U.S. Soccer Federation to FC Kansas City. If there's some kind of deal to be made to bring her here, uh, FC Kansas City would have to be compensated in some way. And I think that with, um, I believe, let's see, let me... Uh, 
me just look this up real quick because I don't want to give wrong information because wrong information is bad and it doesn't help anybody. But, you know, any deal to with FC Kansas City is going to probably involve multiple players to bring uh, Sydney here. And I'm just thinking that, um, you know, when I look at FC Kansas City's roster and I see some of what I see there, and they're, they're you know, they're a middle-of-the-road team for this league. You know, they're not they're not a bad team and they're not a great team. Um, but when you look at them, you you see that they have a, uh, a goalkeeper that's 36 years old in Nicole Barnhart. They might be looking for a keeper. So there there would be probably a, the possibility that Aubrey Bledsoe could be involved in uh, in the deal to bring Sydney to Orlando. And I think you'd probably see someone else going there as well, maybe a, a Chioma Obogagu, maybe a, a Jasmine Spencer, and I know people are... Neither of whom that we would want to give up. Right, but... people are hating me for saying this, but I'm just... Again, this is my GM hat. This is not my fan hat. This is me right. thinking out to say, what would I need to do to bring Sydney LaRue here? This is probably what it's going to take. And then some people are like, well, we don't need her. It's the, you know, We don't have to risk giving up these players. And you're right, you're right. You know, striker's not a big need on this team, but um, players get hurt. And if Alex went down, wouldn't you like to have a Sydney LaRue, uh, you know, to, to take that load? Or, you know, if you change formation, wouldn't you like to have both of them up top? Yeah. And plus, you got to remember, we're not going to have Camilla for a few months. Ooh, good point. So it's, you know, it's, there, there needs to be more attacking, uh, you know. Presence. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I'm just thinking outside the box there and thinking thinking out loud and seeing what could happen. But we'll we'll know a lot more, you know, when the season gets a little closer. See, listeners, what Michael is doing is he's prepping you for the uh, off-season stuff where <laughs> we get to speculate and speculate and speculate because we don't have anything. Speculating is fun, but we, we don't just throw crap out there. No, the we don't. We, we do we do report on, on and talk about what's in the news. So. Speaking of which, uh, we'll talk about stuff that other people have put out there, and that is our mailman mail podcast mailbag. I only have one question, uh, Dave, in the Twitters this week. Uh, I actually, got one uh, for you, too. I have two, but one of them I don't think is all that serious. At least I hope it's not. Um, but anyway. Um, <laughs> all right, then we absolutely have to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's cool. So here we go. Um, Oh, by the way, you can uh, you can email us your question at themainland at gmail.com, or the more common way to, to do that is to hit us up on Twitter. We are at themainland on Twitter, and hit us up with the AskTMLPC hashtag and uh, ask your question. So we have a question from our own Nick Leva, our photographer, and uh, he wants to know if he can get a raise next year. Uh, Dave, so I already responded. Wait, 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 wait. Can I answer <laughs> Well, you, yes, you can. Uh, yes, Nick, you can. You simply have to be the winner of the staff of the month guy. And then you get a <laughs> Staff member of the month. That's right. Uh, I replied offline to Nick that uh, we're going to double his salary. That is so generous. It is very generous. Would you like to tell everybody what his salary is currently? He doesn't have a salary. <laughs> so he's getting twice of nothing. Yes. So, but it, we, so he's getting the exact same amount that I am. I'm feeling generous. I'll tell you what, Nick. I'll triple it. <laughs> Very generous. Uh, we have we have no money. We don't <laughs> we, we don't, don't have a budget. We don't have anything. <laughs> We're just guys that like soccer. We really are. I yeah. Look, people. I, I don't get paid to do this as much as I'd like to say that I do. I don't, which is fair. I mean, you know, what you're getting is 
probably worth what I get paid, but you know, still. Yeah, exactly. All right. So thanks for your question, Nick Leva. We appreciate it. I hope you, I hope you listen to the podcast. <laughs> okay. If any staff members are not listening, listening to the podcast then we need to have a meeting. Uh, we tried to have a meeting and we had a hurricane instead. <laughs> That's true. We, we had a staff meeting and it was scheduled and then the stupid hurricane came through. We had to cancel it. Anyway, uh, RJ Allen on Twitter at captain. Woso, uh, very fine, uh, women's soccer writer, uh, would like to know which pride player will get the most benefit from off season play in another league. Dave. Ooh, Rachel Hill. Young Rachel Hill going to go over play in Australia, and uh, she will get the most benefit. I couldn't agree more. I think it's great for her to get minutes. I thought that Rachel Hill was a player who, at times, you would never know she was a rookie. I mean, we had that that one game yeah. where she had two goals in the first uh, ten minutes of the game. It really had a, a, a just came so close to getting a hat trick a few times in that game. Uh, really good player. Uh, good nose for the net. She scored some big goals. She had the game winner at uh, Sky Blue and uh, in that dramatic comeback win. And uh, that was almost a dramatic comeback loss. And then it turned into a dramatic comeback win. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Rachel Hill, I think, is going to be, uh, you know, getting the, getting the benefit of, uh, of this level of competition. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Rachel Hill brings to Orlando Pride in year two uh, now that she's had a good look at this league. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, a little bit of experience under her belt. It started out, uh, and, and you know, what's really amazing about Rachel Hill, Dave, is how she didn't really arrive on time. Like she didn't, she went through camp and then she went back to school to finish college. Yeah. And then, then she came back after the college year was over and, you know, the, the team had already been playing for a couple months. So, um, you know, she picked it up very quickly and, and she's obviously a talented player. And I think she's going to be worth the draft pick that uh, Orlando sent to Portland for her rights. And getting that time over in Australia and then coming back, uh, all that time on the field is going to be invaluable. Uh, no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, we, I, we, I know. We, we saw it with, you know, I mean, we, we, we lamented Alex going, you know, over to uh, Lyon. But when she came back, she was on fire. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's it's only good things for Rachel getting to uh, play abroad, get get more time, and and it's only going to benefit the pride. Yeah. Uh, so thanks, R.J. Allen, for the question. I met R.J. at the uh, NWSL championship game. Uh, oh, cool. It was nice to it was nice to meet her. She uh she you can you can read her stuff at Backline Soccer uh, and at in, on the EIC podcast on Scouting Podcast and 123rd Minute. Uh, so yeah, she's a, a member of the NWSL. Um, media uh, group, so you know, very accomplished. It was nice to see her again at the uh, at the championship game. You have a question from Mark Johnson. You said we've got a three-parter that is going oh, to. Oh wow! Yes, well, you know, Mark Johnson, friend of the uh, friend of the podcast, and and he likes to challenge us. Okay, uh, part one: Do we sell Kyle Aaron? All right, we've talked about this. We, we did talk about this. A little bit so. about this. I th- we both think that he'll get sold. Okay. So now, once Kyle gets sold, uh-huh. can we swing Giovinco? Sebastian Giovinco? <laughs> yes. He wants to know if we can steal him from Toronto. I think he already has an MLS team. I don't think that they want to get rid of him. I think they're very happy with him. I, I agree with you, but I don't blame him for wanting him. Can we? Um... 
Yeah, but you're probably going to have to give up everything worth anything to get him. So, uh, right. So probably not not realistic. Yeah. I don't, I don't see that happening. So, uh, and, and and he realizes that it was more of a, you know, Hey, could we, all right. So last part. Um, so do we need a big striker or attacking midfielder to complement Dom Dwyer? Yes. My answer is yes. Uh, here's, here's That's the short version. The long version. Short version. Long, let's go to the long version. The long version is they're going to need to bring somebody in on the right side that complements Yoshimaru Yotun, somebody who can play that same style. Um, and that would enable you to keep a Giles Barnes uh, in that number 10 role. And then you could keep, you know, you, if you get that guy on the right side, that's just as good on the right side as, uh, as, as Yotun is on, on the left. left. Yep. Yeah. I, I think they, can, they definitely need a, an attacking right side player in the midfield. But they yeah. also need a striker. But, you know, I think that he gave that qualifier, and I'm not sure if that qualifier came from you or, or from the question, said big striker? He said big. No, this was not from me. This was from him. Big okay. striker. Okay. I don't think it needs to be a big striker. I think it could be – in fact, I think you could, you've could. you seen any number of, like, mighty mites in this league. Uh, Hence Giovinco. Yeah, Giovinco, uh, David Villa, uh, Dom Dwyer is not a tall dude. Um, you know, I, and I, yeah, I, I think that you, it doesn't have to be a big target guy. In fact, I don't think a big target guy is what this offense really needs. No. Um, I think it needs guys who are better at reading their teammates and are willing to get into the box. One of the things that I said, and I'm, let me go back. I want to, I want to find this tweet because I really need to, I really need to be accurate with this tweet that I that I sent out during the game because I, I need it needs to be read exactly as I said it. Um, <laughs> and, and for those of you who weren't following Michael during the game, you should have. And we told you to do it prior to the game. I mean, he warned you that it was going to happen, and it was some of it was depressing just as the game was. Yeah, I did the play but he was play this week. Uh, Gavin No, you didn't do the play by I did so I didn't do the mainland. I did my mainland Michael um Twitter. Yes, right. I'm sorry. If you weren't following the mainland Michael one, which I do. Yeah. And so that was the much funnier one. <laughs> uh yeah, so I, I can get a little bit more um outside of the norm on that one. Uh, or, uh you know. Well sure that's uh more of a it's it's a semi professional rather than the official website one exactly so um oh my computer's being stupid so i'm gonna pull it up on my phone because screw computers they're dumb computers and technology and all that fun stuff um but yeah it was uh, it was a game that was old man on a podcast growling at technology yes old man yells at at cloud (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) old man yells at cloud all right so um so I go back into my profile from Mainland Michael for from during the game because I need to to, to vent a little bit, uh, and I it can it can only it can only do so much. Um, anyway, uh, where is okay? Here it is. Here's my tweet uh, that I, I I had at 4:57 p.m. So 57 minutes uh, into the game, roughly more or less. <clears throat> one guy, one fucking guy in the box, and Giles Barnes stood there and waited. God damn it. That was my tweet, because the only person that went into the box while Giles Barnes stood with the ball on the left side was Dom Dwyer. No one else ran in there. No one. Not one player. 
and he was on the ball a good few seconds. And no one All came. Right. No one came to uh, help the man. Okay, so since you already went there, and we're going to have to put the uh, uh, "not safe for work" tag on this uh, podcast, <laughs> podcast. Uh, since you, you, one fucking guy. Well, that was Dom fucking Dwyer. Yeah. So obviously, it was that was the one that was going to be there. So obviously, uh, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was all kinds of upset about that because it was it was one of those slow buildups that you could kind of see. Now Giles had the ball out left. He beat like a guy, and then he cut inside another guy. And as he dribbled toward the box, he, he looked up. up. <laughs> and there's like six union players and Dom Dwyer. Like, I don't even think you could see that Dom Dwyer was in there because he's short and he was behind yeah, all defenders and no one else. And that's when I said, I'd really, I'm, I will help Carlos Rivas pack. I'm just that nice of a guy. <laughs> I would just, I had enough at that point. I'm like, how do you not give the man some options? Nobody you you said, yeah, you actually, and and just so everybody knows, he did actually tweet that later. He said, "I will personally help Carlos Rivas pack. I'm just a helpful guy." I did, I did, yeah. That was that was tweeted very shortly after that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was very frustrating for me. But yeah, I think that if you don't need to get a target striker, a big, you know, a, the big Romelu uh, Lukaku type guy, or the Didier Drogba in his prime, you know, big beefy kind of barrel chested. Uh, guy who will overpower you i don't think you need that for this team i think just get somebody that's going to get in the yeah, freaking box team needs guys that can get in the box and combine with other players right around the top of the area watch atlanta play that's what this team needs yeah. those guys are interchangeable you could put any of those guys almost any of them in any position in, in the attack and yep. they move around a lot so i i know it's true <laughs> and <laughs> They just play so well off of each other, and that's what this team needs. Guys that can play well off of each other and that are willing to go forward, willing to get in the box, willing to strike the ball on frame, and that's what this team needs. It doesn't need to be a big, burly striker like a Josie Altador, although I would gladly take Josie Altador on this team. Um, don't get me wrong, because uh, sure, he gives but... you he gives you a little, little bit of everything. He gives you set pieces. He gives you uh, size and power. He's got. He's not a bad passer of the ball. He gives you somebody that gets fouled and doesn't get called for it. Exactly. He gives you free penalties. Yeah. <laughs> Although I have a feeling if he put on a purple uniform, those, oh, right. he wouldn't it get would those calls change. anymore. No, he would not. I know. No, people right. hate when I play the, the woe is me, the refs hate us card. I, well, all I have is the evidence. All I have is three years of, uh, uh, yeah, three years of, of evidence at my disposal. So. Oh, that's going to be an article in the off season. I'm going to do the research. <laughs> all right. So, um, is that all of uh, Mark's questions? That is. It was a. Th- it was one question, but it was three parts, and you're done. Okay. Well, I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to tear him into three parts if he keeps up that kind of questioning. He. Uh, he, <laughs> he doesn't usually. No, I'm kidding. We love Mark, not just because he reminds me of my favorite member of the 1980 Olympic hockey team. But, which he does. Yes, which he does because he has the same name. But, uh, no, he, he he asks good questions, and he's a faithful listener, and we like that. So, Absolutely. Uh, that does it for the mailbag then, Dave. Sweet. All right. So, thank you, everyone who wrote in. Thank you for your emails and your tweets. Uh, again, you can hit us up on Twitter, at The Mainland, uh, with the hashtag AskTMLPC, or you can email us at uh, TheMainland at gmail.com. That's uh, where you can get us on the uh, the old emails. 
So that will do it for that. Uh, Dave, uh, we are going to go to the monthly schedule. So we'll be back in November. We'll talk about the friendly. We'll talk about any off-season uh, contract news that might come up. We'll talk about transfer rumors. Uh, we'll talk about any news that comes out about uh, the, the the club's plans for um, OCB or what to do in the USL next year. Um, and, uh, you know, any, any pride news. Any, and uh, we'll... We'll have we'll have stuff to talk about because that's the beauty of going to the monthly schedule in the off season is that uh, you know the news doesn't come fast and furious like it does in season but then you you still you still have a nice full show. Okay, yeah, but you and I are going to still talk every week, right? Yeah, I'll see you on Slack even later tonight probably. Okay. <laughs> you probably go to bed actually because you've been you had a long drive. <laughs> a long drive. I got, I got, I got to put this. And you still got to put this together. to bed. Yeah. 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 All right. So that I think is going to do it Dave, for uh, episode number 109 of the mainland. Podcast. The last of the 2017 uh, season. Yeah. The last, uh, that's our regular season finale. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably also talk quite a bit about the MLS playoffs uh, when we reconvene uh, in November and uh, with games going on uh, tonight as we record this. And then again, Thursday as, after those drops, uh, there's there's plenty going on in Major League Soccer, and um, you know, at, in the meantime, we'll hope for Miguel Almiron to get sold to a team in Europe. <laughs> and, uh, by the way, uh, the Red Bulls, as we speak, have a four-nil lead over the Chicago uh, Fire on the road. Uh, I'm going to go out on a lemon and say they win the that 88th one. minute. Yeah, I don't, I don't see the the Fire coming back from that. Uh, so. Uh, I had this weird feeling earlier today that the Red Bulls are kind of the, one of those teams laying in the weeds. Didn't have a great regular season, but could kind of create a buzz and go deep in the playoffs. Okay, just so people don't think that he's blowing smoke because he just told you to score. In our internal chat board, he actually hours ago did say that. Yeah, I, thought, I say things a lot. <laughs> Sometimes they're even right. <laughs> this time he might be right folks that's all yeah, i'm saying i i did feel like that they had they just seemed like one of those teams like um that just underachieved all year and that might uh, might put it all together at the right time so we'll see they they also had a nice run in the u.s open cup so um you know maybe they're just built for that type of a of an environment but uh, uh that's uh, not good for dax mccarty he's not getting his revenge on the red bulls <laughs> Oh, well. All right, Dave, uh, let's let everybody go. Um, let's let them go off and, and think about this season or drink away this season, whatever they like to do, and uh, and forget about it. And we'll come back in November. We'll have a fresh look, fresh start, and um, you know, hopefully a really great guest uh, now that we've gone back-to-back back for the first time this year <laughs> with no guest. But the, the, the stays-goes thing always takes a long time, so I didn't want to have a, a guest and, and have a like yeah. super huge podcast so anyway thanks uh as always dave you've been a great co-host and you, sir. Uh, we uh, you know we would appreciate it if you go on to uh our our uh, lovely website at the mainland.com because we have uh we've we have a lot of content that we would like you to read because you know we write it and it takes a long time sometimes <laughs> <laughs> and we don't get paid for it damn it that's right we're doing this <laughs> for you and because we, we just uh and we like doing we, it we, we really do like work. doing it and we're kind of a glutton for punishment and and that kind of thing so uh, so mainland.com you can uh like us on facebook we have a facebook page and you can also follow us on twitter at the mainland as i've mentioned a few times uh in this here podcast and uh, uh, please uh, go on iTunes and leave us a nice five-star review. 
and uh, we will we would love to have that and we will read your five star reviews on the air and uh, you know if you happen to leave them vote but this is how we can increase our reach if you like what you hear it's a way that you can get our you know get us up in the bump a little bit of a bump in the uh, in the rate you know the rankings and uh, we can hopefully reach more people's eyeballs and, and that kind of thing. So uh, I'm actually looking right now to see if we got any from the last one. We Our last one came in, and it was October 4th, was from that David DDD 0218 guy. So no new ones, but when we come back in November, I'm hoping that some of you leave us a five-star rating and, and write a review so that we can read it uh, on, the, uh, on the air. So anyway, that's going to do it for episode 109. Uh, I will uh, sign off on behalf of... David Rowe, I am Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of the mainland.com, signing off by saying go off season. <laughs>